Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host and producer of the show, and today our topic is serving others in the digital age, karma yoga and social media. And I'm so delighted to be joined today by Nipun Mehta, who is the founder and chief inspiration officer of Service Space. Service Space is an incubator of projects at the intersection of volunteerism, technology, and the gift economy. Service Space started as an experiment with four friends in the Silicon Valley and has now grown to a global ecosystem of over 500,000 members that has delivered millions of dollars in service for free. Nipun Mehta has received many awards, including the Jefferson Award for Public Service, Wavy Gravy's Humanitarian Award, and the Dalai Lama's Unsung Hero of Compassion. In 2015, Barack Obama appointed him to a Council on Poverty and Inequality. You can learn more about Service Space and about Nipun Mehta at servicespace.org. Welcome, Nipun Mehta. I'm delighted you could join me on the Yoga Hour today. I am so happy to be here, Laurel. Thank you for having me. So before we dive in to our conversation about service in the digital age, let's begin by diving within for a moment. So let's begin right where we are, wherever we are, and just start by feeling our bodies in space, feeling our feet on the ground, feeling whatever is supporting us now, whether that's a chair, whether we're in a car, whether we're just walking, just feeling our bodies moving. And then turn our attention to our breath, Wonderful tool. It's always with us. Help us to bring ourselves present now. So feeling as we inhale and exhale. On the inhale, feeling the cool air in our nostrils. And on the exhale, warm air flowing out. Not trying to change the rhythm of our breathing, 
but just noticing its natural flow. And feeling on each inhale that we can dive within. And on each exhale that we can relax. As we drop our attention from our heads into our hearts, we feel the essence of our being. That one reality called by many names that is the source and substance of all that is. It's within us, between us and all around us. And just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. As we rest there, we may notice thoughts or feelings and realize that we can watch them. Watch them as they arise and watch them as they pass away, resting in this essence of our being. We feel the peace that exists at this essence of our being and allow it to permeate the physical body, the emotions, and the thoughts. We realize that this peace at the essence of our being is, is a portable piece, as Yogananda described it. That we can take it with us into our day and share it with all we meet. So once again, Nipun Mehta, welcome back to the Yoga Hour. It's really a treat to have you back on the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. So today we're going to be talking a lot about selfless service or karma yoga. And I was curious about how you first got involved with it. So what was the first time you volunteered to serve someone outside your family? How old were you? Oh, uh, well, uh, it's hard to probably figure out the very first time because I think I grew up in a culture of generosity uh, in my own family where you just serve other people and other people are seen as, as you. I mean, in India, we grow up with this phrase, Atipi Devo Bhava, which means guest is God. Um, mm-hmm. So you almost don't see the, you, you, you see the other as uh, sort of expression of your deepest nature as well. Um, but I would say maybe the first meaningful, deep experience of generosity that of, of service that uh, probably left an impression on me was when I volunteered at a hospice. I was 17, and I was like, I want to go to a place where no one wants to go. 
and that was uh, with people who were who were passing away. Um, and they told me, no, you can't do it at 17. You know, you have to be 18. And so I waited till I was 18, and I went back, and they were like, are you sure you want to do this? And, and I did. Um, and it was just so meaningful for me uh, to be with people that were in the last phases of their lives. And, and so many of them I would get to know, and then they would pass away a week or two or a month or two later, um, and that just taught me about uh, impermanence. That taught me about how everything is changing and that our strength doesn't come from holding on to things. It actually comes from, uh, you know, surrendering and being with with the ocean rather than identifying yourself as a wave. Um, mm. So for me, that, you know, that was a very formative uh, series of experiences in my late teens uh, at, uh, at, at a hospice. Mm. Wow, that uh, sounds like it was so rich, you know, for you in terms of what you learned there and such a, um, you know, at a young age to want to do that. That's really, that's really remarkable. So you've spent, it sounds like, many years now, you know, on uh, what is now a service space, but, um, you know, I know you started many years ago. Um, What does it mean to you to serve others? Uh, well, uh, I think for me, what has happened when I serve others is that I have changed myself. I change the eyes through which I look at the world. Um, and so I think, you know, it, it has been, uh, like you said, it's, it's been 20 years that we started, uh, 20 years ago that we started Service Space. So it's been a while. Uh, but even, you know, outside of the confines of Service Space and even before that, Um, I think service for me was a way to learn more about myself Um, because we have this default conditioning, right? It's very me-oriented worldview. And at some point, service by definition shifts us from me to we. And as soon as, and the ego doesn't like that. And as it doesn't like it, it builds up, you know, it it puts in all kinds of different resistances. Um, And through that process, you, you, you know, iron out those wrinkles. Um, and so for me, service uh, service has really been a way of uh, inner transformation for mm. changing myself and changing the eyes through which I look at the world. And mm. it could be the smallest act, but it changes me. And because it changes uh, my outlook on life, everything is different. And so mm. I actually, you know, you're left with a, so much gratitude for doing the smallest act of kindness because, hey, because I did this small act and you received it, I am very different. And I'm so grateful that I got a chance to grow in that way. Um, so that's been my, that, that's been my greatest value add for service. Mm. Oh, that's, that's just really beautiful. And, you know, it just reminds me to mention that, you know, karma yoga or selfless service is one of the four great paths, you know, of yoga that, um, and of course, the goal of yoga is experiencing that oneness that you touched on, and that there are you know different ways to get it because the rishis realized that there are so many you know different um, personalities and different people who needed different ways to to realize that oneness and um, and that selfless service is transformative and it is one of those pathways you know that that leads to that you know realization. So I love that focus on transformation. That's really really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, so, go ahead. No, yes, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. I think all the sages had it figured out. I, I think what they were pointing to is, 
uh, with karma yoga is to say that, look, every action is a gateway to the infinite. Um, mm-hmm. but don't look for it here or there. It's like everything is happening to you in, in the field of consciousness, and uh, it can be a gateway to sort of purify your mind and to be a, 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 an instrument of that larger flow, that larger grace. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really beautifully said. So on your bio page at servicespace.org, it lists a quote that you live by, bloom where you are planted. So why is this quote meaningful to you? <laughs> I, I, I do love that quote um, because I, I, it, it, in a way it goes back to the point we were just making is that, um, you know, where, however circumstances have lined up for us in, front, in, in this present moment, um, that really is our gateway uh, to see so much about ourselves, about our world, of all the relationships that comprise this world. So um, this this concept of uh, don't go out and look for the wait for the perfect opportunity or wait until you've like salted oil out of money or wait till you know all the conditions line up. Like try to just bloom wherever you're planted. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, it's, to me, it's it's really a great reminder to uh, bring that spirit of service into the smallest acts that we do. Um, mm-hmm. So just this morning, you know, my wife is from this part of India, Punjab, where uh, they love to have tea every day. And, and it's one of my favorite things to do uh, ever since we've been married. Uh, I, I make her tea every day. Um, and it's it's small. You know, no one's going to give you a Nobel Prize for, you know, making your wife tea. <laughs> Um, but it's such an amazing example of uh, of how it's regenerative. You know, we've been married so many years now, and and I just don't get tired of it. Um, I I feel like you know I I feel like I access a part of myself which is much bigger than my ego, and even in that smallest act of just making you know tea for your wife, um, it kind of refuels you in a very deep way. Um, and I think that is accessible to us, no matter where we're planted, uh, no matter what our circumstances, we can bloom with this heart of surface. Um, and so it's a, it's a very powerful idea for me. Mm. Oh, I, I had a couple of thoughts while you were speaking. So one, I, I love the idea of uh, that it reinforces of the omnipresence, you know, of of source of spirit of God, that, you know, you don't have to go anywhere else. It's right here. It's just yeah. right here. And then the other thing I thought of is our, our topic today, which is um, social media and computers. And I, I think in order for you to feel that um, replenishment of spirit that you're talking about, you really have to be present. You know, you have to be making that tea, yeah. right? You can't be like, yeah. you know, um, on your phone and checking in on your social media, you know, accounts, <laughs> taking yourself away yeah. because then you miss it, right? You're you're not yeah. there. You're not in that present moment. I I think that's uh, it's really critical, especially in our times today. Um, how do you land in the present moment, um, and how do you not just scan the present moment to get to some other place in the future? Because otherwise you're always like, there is no future. You know, it's this mirage that you keep on chasing. It's like, I want to go here and then here and then here. Um, and, and you forget that uh, to arrive. Um, and, and so how do you learn to arrive? And I think the deepest way to arrive is to hold that moment with, uh, with a big-hearted uh, sort of spirit of service uh, with this selfless love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So another thing that your bio states uh, when it asks about your inspiration to serve, it says, uh, it has a quote from you, whenever I act out of a selfless instinct, I experience an alignment of speech, thought, and action. This alignment is what inspires me to serve. So that was so interesting to me. Whenever I act out of a selfless instinct, I experience an alignment of speech, thought, and action. So can you say more about that? Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really beautiful thing when deeper parts of our consciousness start to all uh, snap into this, this alignment, uh, speech, thought, and action, and, and probably in so many other subtle ways, too. Um, so for me, it's, it's very interesting. I was thinking uh, at some point in my journey about this difference between um, sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Um, and I think uh, when, so scientists have looked at, you know, what happens when you are, which part of your brain lights up when you are uh, being sympathetic. Um, and and it's, it's a very old part of our brain, and empathy is the is second part of our brain. Um, but compassion is a third part of our brain altogether. Um, and the reason why, to me, that's very significant is because I don't think sympathy is not regenerative. Um, empathy, where you start to feel the pain of other people, is actually exhausting. Um, but compassion is where you really start to tap into this regeneration where you don't get tired. The more you're compassionate, the more you want to be compassionate. And I think when we really, that alignment that you were talking about um, of speech, thought, and action, or you can think of it as this alignment of hands, head, and heart, um, is, is when this regeneration takes place. And I think this regeneration takes place because we are in that mode of compassion, and compassion is natural, um, way, even more natural than sympathy or empathy. Um, and so to me... Uh, acting out of this selfless instinct where this uh, in, intrinsic alignment uh, takes place, it puts us into this mode of regenerative service. And I think it does that because it connects us with our very fundamental nature, uh, which is of compassion. Um, so, so for it's, I, I, I can't say I feel it all the time, um, hmm. but I can say that whenever I tap into that space in myself, it's almost like a click, you know, it's like, oh yeah, this is it. Um, hmm. and, and I think it's, it's very empowering, uh, to just sort of feel into that and to stay in, in that space as much as possible. Hmm. So sticking with your bio, uh, which I really enjoyed on the website, uh, servicebase.org. So you tell a story about a homeless woman who approached you for some food. Um, would you share that story with our listeners? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure which exact one it is, but I'll tell you one story, which uh, really did move me. Um, there was a homeless woman. That, I live in Berkeley, so we have frequent encounters with those on the streets and uh, I, I remember this one time, uh, this woman, she actually ended up leaving me a, a phenomenal lesson for life. Um, but she was, you know, she asked for some money and I said, uh, I, I said, uh, are you hungry? Can I feed you? Um, and she says, yes, actually, I'd love to get, get a meal. And so I took her um, to, uh, we were going to go to a nearby burrito place. And as we're walking, we start chatting with each other and, you know, interacting um, in, in, a, in, in a deep way. 
Um, and uh, as we're chatting, we go we get a little closer to the Tecaria, and she looks at me and she says, "You know, can I tell you something honestly?" I said, "What?" She says, um, "I'm actually not that hungry for like a burrito. What I would really love is ice cream, and I haven't had ice cream in the longest time." And so I said, "Ice cream? Yeah, I love ice cream too. Okay, let's." let's go to this. There was a 7-Eleven. And so we just went across the street. We said, let's go there and I'll get you ice cream. And uh, she looks at it and she says, you know, and as we're talking now, we're like bonding even more. And she looks at me and she says, you know, and, and you know, it'll save you money too, right? And I said, oh, that's so sweet of you to think of me and mm-hmm. uh, and to save me money. And so we're having this conversation. We go inside, she gets this ice cream. And uh, just as we're about to check out, you know, and the guy behind the counter sort of can tell what's going on. And just as we're about to check out, she looks at me and she says, you know what? I want to get you something. Mm -hmm. And it was the most amazing moment where it was like she was receiving this and then she responds to that gift by saying, hey, I want to tap into that space in myself too. And I looked at that and I said, okay, I, she says, she looks at me and she says, what do you want? I want to get you almost the same thing that I was doing to her. I was saying, well, what, what ice cream do you want? She was like, well, what do you want? What can I get you? And I knew she didn't have a lot of money. And so I'm thinking to myself, I do want to receive her generosity. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I wasn't sure what I should ask for, you know. And so I'm a little confused. Um, I'm waiting for, like, this skillful means to arrive into my consciousness. You know, so think quick. I don't know what to say, what to ask for. Um, and there was the guy, the guy was behind the counter, and we had this, uh, we had this moment where this, you know, the guy behind the counter is, like, smiling really big, and uh, she's looking at me, I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out what I should ask for, and I said, you know what, you know how all you know, as we were walking, you know how we're talking about paying it forward and, you know, all the kindness that we've received, we kind of do our little bit to let that ripple continue in the world. Uh, You know, instead of like getting something for me, you know, what I think would be really powerful is if we appreciate this guy behind the counter and he's, you know, he's been smiling at us ever since we walked in. Have you noticed that? She's like, yeah, he's a really nice guy. And so we started talking about it and I said, you know, what would be really great? is if you just left a tip for him. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, that's a really good idea. I I, th- I think he really deserves a good tip. And so she takes out the only thing she has, which I think was a nickel or something like that, and she puts it with such a big heart into that tip jar. And, uh, you know, and I, so I got her this ice cream. She tipped the guy behind the counter, and the guy behind the counter was just like, beaming with the radiant smiles. Um, But underneath it, you know, it was the interaction really taught me that everyone wants to give. Everyone uh, wants to tap into that part of themselves where there's only one of us. Um, So it was was a very powerful uh, experience for me and interaction for me. And, And she taught me that no matter how much or how little you have, or no matter what your circumstances um, you you always want to, you know, there, there's this longing um, to, uh, to be connected to other people and generosity and selfless service is a way to do that. Mm. 
Ah, so it's a really beautiful story, and that is the story that's actually on, on the website. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so um, on the website, servicespace.org, it says, we leverage technology to encourage everyday people around the world to do small acts of service. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is that service space is such a great example of using technology for the good of all. And this stands in contrast to so many media stories today that focus on the negative aspects of technology, everything from the addictive nature of social media to privacy concerns that have arisen. Technology appears to cause increased social isolation and also contributes to the obesity epidemic and shortening our lifespan. So it's overall, it's like a lot of negativity, you know, (laughs) in the press. So I loved reading about, you know, you were leveraging technology to encourage everyday people around the world to do small acts of service. So in what way? And we'll just start in on this, and then we'll we'll need to go to the break in about, I guess, a minute and a half or so. But just initial idea of what ways does technology provide leverage for your work? Well, we started by building websites for nonprofits in 1999. Um, and I think then from websites to turn into web portals, like you're giving examples, we run this portal called Daily Goods, send out a little bit of good news every day, and it has for the last 20 years. Um, there's karma too. There's a, you know, there's a kindness portal. There's so many different kinds of portals. And then we went from those portals to these, uh, communities. But I think, I think where we've run into trouble as a culture is that we haven't really been able to land at a sweet spot. So we start going online and then everything starts to go online, online, online. And, and I think part of the, so it's like, you know, Facebook would rather have you give each other a virtual hug than to actually at some point connect with people and then go offline because they want you to, you know, they want to keep you on that network. And for us, we didn't have that angle. Um, And so as a result, we just, you know, we leveraged the capacities of online worlds. Um, But then we also were saying that, well, at some point you have to learn to put that to the side and go into a deeper place, which is an offline engagement. Um, and, and so we, we were, we've been able to do that and partly it's because we never really had an agenda going into it and we never had that sort of drive to just get more and more and to put it all under one container, our container. Um, and, and, and that's so, really a great, you know, a great introduction. And, and we're going to come back to that after the break. You're listening to the yoga hour with our guest, Nipun Mehta founder and chief inspiration officer of Service Space, wonderful internet-based service organization. You can find out more about their work at servicespace.org. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about how we can be inspired and transformed through selfless service. We'll be right back. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. 
This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Wendy Craig Purcell, taken from a talk called The Plan Unfolds. One of the other aspects of helping to really identify a true new beginning is being willing to sit in deep questions and pay attention to your answers to those deep questions. Deep questions like, what does my soul really long to do and be? If I didn't have to worry about paying bills, what would I really want to do? I'm not suggesting that you drop the the real responsibilities of adulthood, but you can drop that from your process of questioning. What does my heart and soul long for? And what do I need to do to begin to build my life, more of my life, to look like that? To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Know Yourself as Divine, Stations of the Cosmic Christ. A new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer or call 816-969-2000. Stretch your mind and open your heart every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien and the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. Gain insights into spiritual principles that touch upon the most practical aspects of our lives, like work, relationships, health, and diet. Discover time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy for living a more fulfilled life in today's hectic world. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, living the eternal way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show, And I'm here today with Nipun Mehta, the founder and chief inspiration officer of Service Space. So Nipun, right before the break, we were talking about the ways that um, technology, that Service Space uses technology to to leverage it. And you were talking about actually that the... um, you know, the, the interaction, like it might start on the web, but it, it, you know, it, it, it goes from the virtual hug to the real, you know, it brings it yeah. into the real world. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's a, I, I, I think uh, we sometimes don't know uh, where to find these happy medium sweet spots. Um, 
But uh, for us in service space, one of the big advantages we have is we've never tried to monetize anything. And as right. soon as you take money as a motivator, money I mean, as soon as you take money out as a motivator, uh, you start to design in a very different way. Um, mm-hmm. So one of our experiments was uh, so because of technology, we were able to uh, get small amounts of contributions from many different people, as opposed to big amounts of contribution, and you know from a few people. So instead of you know in the early days, we used to often say that instead of having five staff working 40 hours a week we would have 40 volunteers contribute five hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. But usually coordinating those 40 volunteers is, is a lot of overhead, um, but technology helped us reduce that overhead. Um, but, but really the thing was that as what are we going to do with all this capacity? Um, and for us, the solution wasn't always just technology. I think technology helps us get to a certain point, and at some point, uh, it's just like that, say, you know, that famous uh, parable of the boat, like you cross the river with a boat and then you kind of, you don't carry the boat around. I mean, that's too right. much overhead. Um, and, and so for us, we've been able to just kind of drop it. And one of my favorite examples is um, is Karma Kitchen. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, this experiment, but essentially it's a pop-up uh, restaurant um, where we go in and we take over a restaurant volunteers run it and it's just like this beautiful ambiance of of generosity but the key thing is that at the end of the meal your check reads zero it's zero because someone before you has paid for your meal and you get a chance to pay forward whatever you want for people after you and mm-hmm. in a very real way it's like you know you're you're taking something that's so transactional and now you're saying hey how about expanding your heart to include the person in front of you and to include the person after you and neither of whom you'll see, but both of whom you can actually feel and experience if you quiet your mind in this moment. Um, and, and so that was, that's the experiment. And like, would it work? Would it not work? You know, and, and it ended up um, not only working, but like it's, you know, in 23 places around the world, and UC Berkeley actually did research on this, and they titled the paper uh, Paying More When Paying for Other People, um, that there is this deep impulse of generosity, that if you create a strong context, people respond to generosity with greater generosity. And now you look at it, and, and you know, this is the kind of thing that's like, even the idea itself spread far beyond like restaurants. You know, there's a rickshaw driver in India that runs his rickshaw in this way. There's an acupuncture clinic here that's experimenting with this. There's an art magazine in Oakland that's doing the same thing. And so really any place where there's transaction, you can turn it from transaction to this deep trust. Um, and, and for us, like this wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for technology, because technology is what allows you to aggregate small contributions from people. But it's not a technology play. You know, it's something where technology helps you, but then, you know, to the degree that it helps you, you use it, but then you don't just lug it around and turn everything into technology. Um, and, and so for, for us, it's been a, uh, it, it's been a wonderful, um, it, it's, it's been a wonderful uh, sort of witnessing of this idea of what happens when you take money as a motivator out, um, mm-hmm. then you really start to use the tools uh, for its maximal eff- efficacy. I, I love that story. I love the whole Karma Kitchen, you know, story, and it's it's mind blowing in a way, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
it, it, I mean, it totally to come in and you get your check yeah. and it says zero, you know, it's like, wow. <laughs> 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 and, and, and you you would be amazed. I mean, people walk into this restaurant, and uh, you know they're just they just look at the menu, and they haven't even had the food, and they're just in tears, you know. And because they're like, "Wow, thanks for reminding me that goodness prevails." Um, yeah. That you know, even in this particular moment, even if the rest of the world isn't is super transactional, is out, and sometimes you feel like the world's out to get you. You know, here's a place where. It's just, you know, volunteers saying, hey, I believe in love. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's very powerful. And the stories yes. that happen there are, like, outrageous and, uh, and, and just kind of, you're like, wow, they fill you up, you know? Yeah. So the servicebase.org website states, our aim is to ignite the fundamental generosity in ourselves and others creating both inner and outer transformation. And then also the service-based motto is change yourself, change the world. So I, we touched on this just slightly in the, in the first segment, but I, I love the focus on inner transformation that I saw again and again on the website and in your writing. So how has providing selfless service transformed you personally? I know we've sort of touched on this, but was there anything else you had to say about that? Well, uh, I, it, I, I think if I were to look at my whole journey um, in aggregate, I would say that I was always a giver, but I was I, I would say that I'm now uh, uh, a deeper giver, you know, and, and uh, the metaphor that really comes to my mind is this idea or this framing of, you know, you we sometimes give because we kind of have to or you feel guilty or you're you know put up against the wall and i think of this as beggarly giving that you're 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 giving but it's not really the deepest sort of flowering of your consciousness you know um and then from beggarly giving you go to neighborly giving which is where you know you're going to help your neighbor uh it's a sort of friendly giving you you who have a relationship and you know of course you're going to give to your neighbor because you've been connected for 20 years but then i think to go from beggarly giving to neighborly giving to or to this friendly kind of giving to more of what what my parents and i often talk about is this idea of a kingly giving and a kingly giving is independent of outcomes, right? It's where mm-hmm. you are, if by the mere virtue of you being in the king's court, you're going to be given to. Um, and it's not whether you need it. It's not whether the king has it. It's just in the king's nature to be offering. Um, mm-hmm. And so how can we give in this sort of a way? And, and to me, like, you know, I, I look at nature and I look at something like a rose, a flower, uh, you know, you look at a rose, and the rose doesn't say, I like Laurel, and I don't like Nippon, and so let me give more of a, my scent to her. Yeah, or yeah. that, oh, this person needs it more, this person needs it less. You're, it's, it's, the rose gives its scent because it is in its nature to give its scent, mm-hmm. um, effortlessly, unconditionally, and fully. Um, and so how, so for me, this journey has been really to try to go from um, this kind of beggarly giving to a more friendly giving to ultimately arriving at kingly giving. Mm-hmm. And and I've seen this, you know, last night I was at uh, my parents' home in Santa Clara where <clears throat> for the last, 
my parents uh, have been hosting these awaken circles um, and where everyone sits in silence for an hour and the second hour is a circle of sharing so everyone learns from each other and in the third hour uh, you know there's 50 60 folks um, they all have a meal together in silence and the hosts in which in this case my parents uh, offer offer the meal and my parents have done this for the last 21 years every single week and they don't want anything in return and when you go and you could tell them, you know, Auntie, Uncle, thank you for this opera. You know, this is amazing. How? What can I do? And they would say, Look, we grew up with this idea of Vasudeva Kutumakam, which means the whole world is my family. So if you are moved by love, like let your gratitude spill over somewhere in the world, and wherever that is, that's our family too. And and it's the same spirit of, and people can't believe, they're like, what do you mean? Like, is there an organization? Is there a donation box? Is there something I can follow? No, nothing. It's just you put it out into the world, and wherever it goes into the world is home also, is family also. And that, to me, is like this idea of kingly giving, that you're not transactional. You're not saying, how can I grow my stuff? How can I, what can I get in return? What's the scheme? How am I going to change the world? No, none of that. You're just giving like the rose gives its scent. And that, to mm-hmm. me, has been a very powerful lesson that I'm, I'm continuing to learn. Uh, but I find myself more in the kingly state of giving more often than I was 20 years ago. Mm. Wow, that's uh, just so beautiful. It's really touching. So when I was looking at um, some of the things that you'd written, you mentioned, I think, your daily routine or something. You were talking a little bit about meditation. So what what role does meditation play in your life and in your giving? <laughs> meditation. I think I would be lost without meditation. Um, and meditation is, is a very significant part of my journey. I think probably for the last uh, maybe 10, 15 years, every year, I spend about 30 days in, in silent meditation retreat. Um, and I spend about 60 days uh, serving other people who are uh, who are trying to meditate in their own ways. Um, and, and so, you know, for the three months, a quarter of my life is dedicated to that in that sense. Um, but I think what it does at a very practical level is, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm like everybody in this regard, but it, when you're young, one of the things that inspires you most about giving is the ripple effect, right? Like you, you, you do something and you're like, oh my God, like let's see what happened. You know, this person changed and this person changed and this person changed. Um, but I think over time, what meditation has done is it has given me another vantage point, and that is of the inner ripple effect. Um, mm-hmm. And I just see how, uh, you know, things inside me change. There's a whole ecosystem within me, and, and, and at some point, that distinction between what's outside and what inside, what's inside starts to really blur. Um, and, and so for me, the biggest uh, effect of meditation in my life has been to realize that, wow, there is an inner ripple effect and the boundary between that inner and the outer is actually very, very thin, uh, very blurry, um, and sometimes hard to even decipher. Um, and, and knowing that changes the way in which you show up in the world, changes the way in which you serve, changes how you offer your service in the world. 
Yeah, the um, the it's such a beautiful image of the the boundary between inner and outer. You know, getting more transparent as that's uh, uh, it's great. You put that so well. So um, I did want to talk uh, for just a, a little bit about the cool projects that Service Space is involved with, and um, there are these uh, smile cards. So tell us about uh-huh. smile cards yeah. and uh, and how how are they used? Smile cards are my favorite because they're all about small acts of kindness. So the idea is that you go out and do a small little act of kindness and you leave a smile card behind and tell the person you don't know who did this, um, so you can't pay back, but you can keep the chain going and pay it forward. So let's say I'm at a toll booth and I pay the toll for the car behind me. Now I could do that and the car behind me would have a great day, but the smile card is a reminder that maybe, you know, the person behind me looks at that and says, hey, can I keep the chain going? How can I keep it, you know, how can, how can I keep this ripple of love going? Um, so we just started this as like, you know, many years ago now, now in 2003, I believe, um, and went to, you know, we said, let's just print a hundred cards. And uh, that's how it started. And now there's them floating around. And people just come back with, like, the most amazing stories. You know, you would, like, someone goes at a coffee shop and decides to pay for the person behind them. Um, and as and, and then they're like, oh, how is this going to work? You know, and once they figure out the logistics, you, you see that the person behind the counter is part of your co-conspirator. And, and then you're not supposed to listen in to the reaction, but your ears are like, oh, I wonder what they're thinking. And invariably, people are just blown away. They're like, wow, somebody paid for my coffee and I didn't, and they don't know me. I don't, you know, they just want me to pay it forward. And then, like, what am I going to do? You know, and can you believe this happens in San Francisco? You know, like, there's this disbelief that ends up happening, um, and and so this, it's it's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful thing. And sometimes I'll just tell people, you know, go to a random, you know, bus driver um, and appreciate what they've been doing, um, and they'll like so they'll take some flowers or they'll take a note or some chocolate. And they'll offer it to a bus driver or, a, you know, any public service uh, employee. And invariably, invariably, they will come back and they will say, no one has ever done this in my life. Mm. And you just realize that these small acts, uh, which are so meaningful, even when you've been on the receiving end of it, you know that. Um, but you realize that, wow, there's such a huge shortage of it. And without me taking too much extra time, if I just have that orientation, I can actually create this beautiful ripple of love in the world um, just by inhabiting my present moment circumstances with greater awareness and with a heart of love. Um, so Smile Cards becomes an excuse uh, to do to do that. Um, and it's very powerful. And, and now, of course, they have like the portal. It's, it's called kindspring.org. And uh, if you go on it, you can see all there's like thousands of ideas. There's a very vibrant online community. There's these 21 day kindness challenges and 21 day gratitude challenges that people all do together. Um, and it's 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 a really powerful uh, place on, on the internet, but it also ripples out way in the you know in in, in our inner net, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, our in the web of our consciousness. Mm. 
So ServiceBase, I think you mentioned this just briefly, uh, runs a positive news service through daily and weekly newsletters called Daily Good. And there's also a video service called KarmaTube that brings inspiring stories to light. So what, what role do you see that inspiration plays in our volunteer efforts? Um, well, <laughs> I think we inspiration actually is a very important part of uh of volunteering um but i think uh you know where the journey goes is to go from external inspiration to internal inspiration mm-hmm. um and i think where we all too often we are so caught up with external impact and we're moved by it of course you know it's like we we feel like i did something and that had a very visible tangible effect onto the world onto this one person in the world even um, but I think as we move, the, the difficulty with impact is that it's it may be impressive, but it's not deeply inspirational. It's not regenerative. I look at people like, for me, my social change heroes are people like Gandhi. And Gandhi used to have one-minute meetings. I know people who have had one-minute meeting with Gandhi. You know, he would, in every train, when he's taking the train, like when he's going from one place to another, at every stop, he comes out and there are these throngs of people um, that just want to see him. And you look at a guy like that and you say, wow, he just went on and on and on for 50 years without a break, without a vacation. And what was that inner fire that kept him going? Why did he not burn out? Um, And I think it's because, uh, of course, he's inspired. Um, That's what drives his volunteerism. But that inspiration is not just extrinsic um, he is sort of tapped in this, this inner flame that is regenerative. Um, and so for me, I think we do need external inspirations and we do need a new story. Uh, we do need to tell, you know, we need new heroes who, who, who tell a very different narrative, who offer us a very different narrative. Uh, but I think at some point, just like with technology, right, like you don't want to just stay to virtual hugs and stay on that network. At some point, you don't want to just be outside, but that outside has to also ignite the inside. And I think how we offer inspiration on the outside determines, like, where is a pointer of that? If the pointer of outside inspiration is, oh, now you're inspired, please go and donate money. Now you're inspired, Mm -hmm. please go out and change the world. If it doesn't have that lens of changing yourself, um, then I think it's a huge missed opportunity. And so for us, yes, we provide like Daily Good, like Karma Tube, like Kind Spring, so many different portals that millions of people access every month. But the orientation for all of these things is to go inside, is mm-hmm. to continually point as you look closer at all these things. It's never, you know, it's it's always to say, hey, this is great on the outside. And then remember, you have this incredible uh, flame inside you and, you know, see if you can connect with that. So all our inspiration has that pointer to the inside. Uh, and I think that's very significant. No, oh, uh, absolutely. As I, and I mentioned <clears throat> this earlier, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, the motto is change yourself, change the world. Right. Yes. Not the other way around. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that you know really gets to that um, inner transformation. You know, we've been we've been talking about as being so key, and why karma yoga, why selfless service is a path. You know, of 
ultimate realization, you know, of ultimate realization of oneness, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a, um, a link to a, a TEDx talk um, on the website on Service Space um, in the, the TEDx talk you gave on designing for generosity. And it's at servicebase.org on the About Us page. It's a really great talk. And I would invite listeners to take a look at it when they have the chance. In the talk, you mentioned a new term called giftivism. So what is giftivism? <laughs> I, well, we, it, it's sort of way back in the days we, we thought, we looked at activism and a lot of our friends were activists. And activists want to go out and change the world. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, but on closer examination, like as I looked at my social change heroes and a lot of the folks in the service space who are moved by similar heroes, which are you know, people like Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, um, Dalai Lama, you look at them and you say, wow, they actually didn't have an enemy. They didn't say, I'm right, you are wrong. They didn't have this othering going on. Um, what they were saying was that I love everybody, including my opponents. Now, I may oppose the action, but I love the person. Um, and, and we felt like activism didn't quite do justice to that spirit of service, uh, to that transformation-driven um, action in the world. And so we said, let's, let's come up with a new word. And so we called it giftivism. Um, and, and, and really, giftivism is, is this way of changing the world by changing yourself first. Um, and, and we talk about it in terms of the four shifts, you know, to go from, you know, consumption to contribution, um, to go from uh, a transaction to trust, to go from isolation uh, to community and scarcity to abundance. Um, and so how do we, you know, how, how do we hold ourselves and the change that we offer uh, in the world from this lens? Um, and so that was... That was really giftivism for us. And I, again, I just really recommend you, you go into, in the TED Talk, you go into those uh, four shifts in a, in a really powerful way. So it's a great, it's a great uh, uh, watch. So unbelievably, we've just about come to the end of the time. So in the last minute or so, um, what words of um, encouragement or inspiration would you like to leave with our listeners? Well, I would say that I, I would say give would be the first thing. I would say three things. One is uh, give, and as we give, as we serve, I think the second big thing is to see how much we're receiving. And so if the first stage is giving, the second stage is about receiving, and then the third and the final stage is to actually stop keeping track of how much we're giving and how much we're receiving that maybe in this moment I'm giving or maybe in this moment I'm receiving, but I've thrown away my ledgers. I'm just in the present moment. I'm dancing to the beat of the, you know, of the now. Um, and I, I, I think when we start dancing with an open heart, everything we do is service. We bloom where we're planted and the present moment becomes a gateway for accessing this incredible infinity that we are all a part of. So I would say go out and give, receive, and dance. Mm, yes, really beautiful. 
And with that, you've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show, and we've been discussing serving others in the digital age. Our guest has been Nipun Mehta, uh, the founder of servicespace.org. So um, thank you so much, Nipun. This was just an amazing conversation about selfless service. I, I totally enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It is such a joy to be here. And thank you for all the ways in which you hold this vibration in the world. And thank you for this, uh, uh, all this positive work you're doing. It really is, uh, it really is um, inspiring both inside and outside. So join us next week when I welcome Reverend Charles Taylor, the senior minister at the Universal Truth Center in Miami Gardens, Florida. We will be discussing prosperity and the spiritual life. Yuvacharya O'Brien will be in Florida speaking at the Universal Truth Center on Sunday, May 19th, 2019. She will also be offering a retreat at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 12th through the 17th, 2019. You can find out more about Yogacharya's speaking schedule on her author website, Ellen Grace O'Brien. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 